This episode contains content surrounding addiction and eating disorders, which may be triggering for some. It also raises moderation management as a treatment methodology for addiction, which may not be right for everyone. If you or someone you know is in need of support, there are places you can go for help. Please see the description below for resources. Hey guys, hey, I swear I'm getting old. My back is hurting so much right now because I was just sitting up for an unknown amount of time. Anyway, neither here nor there. Guys, we're here with the last episode of the YouTube docu-series Dancing with the Devil by Demi Lovato. And this one's called Rebirthing. So obviously throughout this whole thing, let's do a quick recap. We learn about her overdose. We learn through the trials and tribulations that she has suffered and endured during that time, including neurological damage that was caused because of the overdose and as well as the repercussions in people very close to her or people that were close to her um, getting harassed and assaulted by her fans. We also learned that she has a very good group of people now that genuinely care about her. And, you know, we did learn about a long, you know, her longtime business manager. And then we also learned about the unfortunate sexual assault that happened to her when she was 15 and the Disney Channel world and which we're still trying to put together this guys, right? Because I want to know who the fuck did this. And especially if they were around, like, I'm just saying, I need to know. We need some answers. All right, guys, let's get into this. First off, thank you for doing it. I appreciate you coming and speaking about me. Guys, it is Christina motherfucking Aguilera. Like, I'm a genie in a bottle. <laughs> that just happened, guys. But, oh my God. Okay, we have Christina A here to talk about Demi. And, y'all, I kind of like fangirled out. Like, I already knew she, Demi was teasing this and like Elton John and other people were going to be on here talking about this. But like it's happening. I like, oh my God. The special thing about Demi is she has just a very real and honest soul about her. When you meet her, when you're in a room with her, the boisterous laugh that comes out of her. <laughs> she's just no bullshit when it comes to even, you know, just her spirit and her energy and her laughter. When you look at artists like Demi and people that publicly have to go through struggles, nothing can define you within a moment in time. But I think you truly do have to go through some things and some lessons to catapult yourself to the next level. Let me just tell you that Christina Aguilera is rocking this long ass ponytail that's braided. And I swear to God, if I had a ponytail like that, I would just be whipping the shit out of people with it. Like, get in my six feet of space. You're getting whipped by my motherfucking braid. Like, I'm not playing with you guys. Anyway, she looks great. She looks gorgeous always. Um, I just realized I've watched this episode a few times already. And I just realized that she's wearing sweats. Why does she make sweats look so glam? When I wear my sweats, I just look like I've given up on life and I'm homeless. But I don't give a fuck because I'm still going to wear them anyway. But what I'm saying is I want to look that good wearing sweats. Um, but anyway, so enough about sweats and me. We are learning about how Demi actually is and the aura that she gives people and how infectious her laugh is and how just great energy it is to see her and how, you know, people in light like this often don't come back from their struggle and you know throughout this whole part of this documentary what we're going to hear is from people like her and Elton John who do talk about 
how she's managing and coping with this and what they've seen throughout their years. I'm Will Farrell. I'm, uh, depending on who you talk to, either a beloved comedic actor or, or hated. Um, so for those of you who don't know, Demi was in a movie. She did a cameo with him on their movie called Eurovision in 2019. And that's how they know each other. And she, you know, of course, I would have went up to Will Ferrell and be like, oh, my God, I love you. You're fucking hilarious. Like you, I've watched you for so long. You've gotten me through so many things. And that's exactly what she did. And he was like, oh, my God. Wow. That's, you know, like he really took it to heart on what she, you know, like the feedback that you know, she was giving him throughout like his movies and just comedy skits that he's done. Cause if you don't know or don't remember, he was also on SNL. Touched me. I just happened to be watching the Grammys when she performed her song. And I wrote her like that next day to just say, Hey, I hope I'm not bothering you, but I watched you last night. That was just incredible uh, to watch you be that vulnerable. Um, and I don't write emails like this usually. You know, he felt connected and wanted her to know like, hey, you need to know what kind of effect that you're you're having on people and how you're personally affecting me and that I'm really proud of you. And that's just so moving for anybody to just hear like, I'm proud of you, even if it's somebody you wouldn't think that would say it. So, guys, like I said, in my episode with um, X-Rated and T. Cole and Jay. Make sure you tell people that you love them and you're proud of them and give them all the praise, okay? Because it's nice to hear it, especially when you're not expecting it. I first heard Demi Lovato's music quite a while ago, and I loved her voice. When you're young and you're famous, my God, it's tough. You are put up on a pedestal and you're not supposed to be human. And of course, you've guessed it. That is Sir Elton John, who is now also coming to sing Demi's praise of how she is a good person, you know, and... uh, how being in this light is just tough, especially when you're young. I mean, he also goes on to say how, you know, of course, once you're in the light, it's deemed that you need to be perfect. And especially for women. And in this case, we're talking about Demi and that she's perfect. And he does drop some really good knowledge on this. We're all human beings. She's human and she's adorable and she's brave. And that is the one thing that a lot of people ultimately say and I think Elton John just summed it up she's human she's adorable she's brave she's human she makes mistakes she is entitled to and she lives her life the way she wants to live it um sometimes is it right man no not really sometimes you make mistakes I mean I've never lived a perfect life and if you have I swear I'm going to throw a rock at you because I don't think you're telling me the truth. But no, I'm just kidding. Okay, so now we're here. We are right after the Grammys, right after the Super Bowl. You know, so many big things are happening. And then Corona's hit. You know, just like many people, um, quarantine has been very beneficial for Demi during this time because it has allowed her to take time for herself and really connect with herself as opposed to getting involved in work and getting involved in all these other outside extracurriculars and just not really sitting down with yourself and listening to your own mind 
uh, finding what makes you feel good, doing things that make you feel good that aren't dangerous or harmful to you or others. And so, you know, that is a benefit of quarantine and this pandemic. And, you know, I sought solace in that as well, as I'm sure a lot of other people did. Like it just really helped you take the time out to appreciate these little things. Um, But at the same time, there's also people that I even know that have not been able to take the time out because they constantly have to be on the go and they constantly have to be doing something. And the thought of being alone with themselves, it, I mean, from an outsider looking in, I see it as they're terrified of that. And don't get me wrong. I'm not like shaming anybody for that because I am terrified to be alone with myself because my mind gets to racing and thinking of all the things. And, you know, that's not someplace that I want to be because sometimes I can go down a dark hole. But to do that and learn about yourself and come into a a different, almost like an enlightenment type of thing um, is very beneficial. And I'm always going to highly recommend that whatever you're doing, you need to stop and take a moment for yourself and really be with yourself, you know, meaning no, no dates. That means not going into work, like taking time off of work. I don't give a shit what you do. Like I'm going to be 100% completely honest. If you are not working for yourself, your own business, like, and I mean your own own business, like from the ground up, you got the SBAs and all this other shit, you know, more power to you, which yay, congrats. But if you're working for a company, if you are not your own boss, 1000%, if something was to happen to you, God forbid, right now or tomorrow or whenever you, you know, how, whenever you listen to this, something happens to you and you are unable to work again, or if you just died flat out, um, there, your job is just going to replace you. Like your job posting is going to be there in a month or less. So think about that, like, you know, these, these places, their, their jobs, they're not, they're not the, you know, of course, yeah, you work with people that care about you, but the same thing, that business has to keep running and they're easily going to replace you. So make sure that you are well and that you take time for yourself, no matter what. I don't give a shit. You work one job. I don't give a shit. You work four jobs. I don't give a shit if you have zero jobs because you're trying to figure out your life. Just make sure you take time for yourself. It is the most important thing. And I wish somebody would have advocated that more growing up and even, you know, being younger in my 20s and stuff, because you're not thinking about that. But I digressed. Okay, so I'll get on a preaching bench later at some point. I'm sure. Sorry, yes. (laughs) Obviously, I hated that people were getting sick. And in other times of my life, I've always tried to find the good in things. And that's what I did with this. It was like, how can I use this experience to work on myself? And I 100% agree, you know, like I said. But we also hear from her friend, uh, Matthew Scott Montgomery. And he says, I know it feels dirty to say this because 2020 was dark for so many people. But this has been her best year this quarantine she's grown so much she's meditating and doing all of these different things for herself he just fit right in with the whole family so that was her mom talking about demi's boyfriend so as you heard from the ending of last episode is that guess who's coming to quarantine hey girl it's me and my boyfriend like 
what? She had never met him. So this is like the first time everybody's like living in the house during quarantine with them. And it's like, mm, who is this? Like they were dating and it was totally different times that they were dating. They weren't dating like, you know, going on dates here and there. You're living with each other now and every like, you don't really get to know the person because I've always said like there's this honeymoon phase and it, there's this honeymoon phase. Hi, guys. This is so weird talking to the camera by myself while my boyfriend's asleep. Oh, my God. Fiance. <clears throat> so. <clears throat> yeah, I don't know if you caught that, but um, this is the ring. So that's Demi saying on the was it July 24th that she is engaged and now we're seeing all these news articles coming out from Entertainment Tonight, CNN, TMZ, Demi Lovato engaged to boyfriend, Demi Lovato engaged to actor, the singers and actress announced on Instagram Wednesday night that she found a lifelong partner and that's Max Henrich and which guys I thought like okay she found love like it was really touch and go there, especially after her and Wilma. And I thought they were going to be forever. I thought they were going to actually get back together at some point because, oh, he did go visit her while um, she was in the hospital for the overdose, which I was like, oh, my God, it's happening. Like, but then, no, it didn't happen. But now she's engaged. And this, of course, all happened during quarantine. And we also hear from her friends in a few and they do discuss like, she told me like, this is the man I'm going to marry. Like I met him, I met him and they were just like, okay, like sure, maybe. And then, you know, when the news comes out, then they see like, shit, she wasn't lying. Like she met him and that was like what March 6th or 7th. And then they have been together every single night since that. And now they're getting married. So she was like, right. And I remember like I said that about Adam and then bam, here we are. I mean, but you can say stuff and then like it doesn't happen. So like, don't follow me on that. But I'm just saying. So her parents just say they were kind of scared, um, but they like saw them together and they just knew like, well, you know, they seem like a perfect match. Like you fit in with the family. No big deal like that. Although there was a lot of concerns, we were all still really happy that she was just feeling so good and that she had somebody with her through this time. And this is another thing where we strive to be independent. And this goes mainly directed towards women. Sorry, men. But it can go either way on everything. And I'm just talking from my point of view. But and I recently legit like talked about this in therapy and <laughs> no cap. And so um, about how everybody wants you to have your person and, you know, it's been instilled in us. But yet that is forming something that's extremely dependent and to be dependent on somebody else. And especially in her case, I mean, I know everybody wanted to make sure like she had somebody with her. I just don't think it was the healthiest choice in which, you know, all on its own, we come to find out like it wasn't the right choice because here we go on October 1st. kind of flipped upside down I am no longer engaged so we learned that Demi broke off the engagement she is not going to be getting married and they had only been engaged for two months and at this time everybody's like whoa what's going on is everything okay it's just taking such a 
turn like everything's been so quick of course when you know one day she has a boyfriend the next day she has a fiance and now you're you calling out for your engagement like what girl are you okay call me sad that things ended the way that they did good news is i haven't picked up any hard drugs or anything like that i'm hanging in there Ugh. it's just shitty and it was quite interesting to see her super composed throughout this whole thing. But then again, I am extremely calm in change and addressing it. And it isn't until like later I'm like kind of freaking out and having like this breakdown and whatnot. And which is something that you end up seeing like actually later that night. The video I made earlier wasn't an accurate representation of what I'm going through. So I thought this whole time that I didn't miss him. I just missed the person that I started quarantining with. And I don't know how to give my heart to someone after this. And I totally understand going through something, um, even calling off an engagement, you know, I've been through divorce, um, but even calling off an engagement can be hard. And especially even within those trying times and even more so because she was, you know, coming through off her overdose and making quote a comeback at life and doing what's right for her. So for this to be so devastating and so heartbreaking and it's just more extreme than what like the average person would go through. And I feel that. And that's, I mean, I just think like she really needed more of her support system than anything right now to help her through this time. What happened? I think I rushed into something that I thought was what I was supposed to do. And this is where I'm telling you guys, men, women, whatever the fuck you identify as, like right now, that's not even an issue on my hand. You don't need to live on this quote timeline of high school, college, married, baby, in between their house. And then like, why? Why? Why can't you just do what makes you happy? And so for her to learn, and I actually wish I would have learned that even earlier on in my first marriage is that this is not for me. Like, I mean, I'm glad because everything I went through led up to Adam. But what I'm saying is at that time, if I could have took it back, I would have like, seriously. And so for her to realize that, and then also on top of other things, like she realized like he wasn't genuine with the, like his intentions weren't genuine in the relationship. And in all honesty, he was a quote, an act, he's an actor, but I honestly didn't know who the fuck he was until he like got engaged or started seeing Demi Lovato. So were you really an actor? I mean, I'm an actor. I can act a whole bunch of different ways. I can act like a fool. I can. Well, anyway, this is again, digressing. The hardest part of the breakup was mourning the person that I thought he was. Yeah. yeah. And the life you thought you were going to have. Yeah. I mean, this is of like, course. but I'm not the only one who felt fooled. I mean, I was just as shocked as the rest of the world at some of the things that were said and done. When you were done, you were done. I was yes. done. And I get it. Like, you 
like, oh my. So, okay, if you don't know, after the breakup, he said he didn't find out from her. He found out through the tabloids and he was basically trying to like slander her name in that sense and being like, oh my God, woohoo, woe is me and all this and that. But it wasn't like, it wasn't like that. <laughs> and so, you know, here she is clearing her name and also saying like she was mourning the relationship. She was mourning what she thought was going to be her future and her life. You know, she was obviously missing the person she was quarantining with. But then once they got in their separate work modes, like it changed. Everything did. And it wasn't the same person that she first met. One of the good things about this experience is that I've used this time to look within. And also, I feel like I'm actually too queer to marry a man in my life right now. I'm not willing to like put a label on it right this second. And I think I will get there, but there's a lot of things I have to do for myself first. I wanna allow myself the ability to live my my life in the most authentic form possible. And this is where she comes out and actually says that she is queer. And in what form, what way, like what does she identify as? She doesn't know yet and that's okay. And it is okay. You can identify as whatever you want, whenever you want, and you don't owe it to anybody to actually come out and say it. So I think from her even reclaiming that fact of herself that she doesn't even know she wants to be with a man is totally fine. And I think that in itself is much more reclaiming of herself in a more positive way. When the director asked this question, I was like, oh, my God, here it is. And yes, there was the dramatic long pause, just kind of even like how I'm talking to you now. And you're like, oh, my God, hurry up. Like, I want to fucking know. And at the same time, it's like, I don't I kind of don't want to know because I don't want to see her go down that path again. Right. I mean, naturally, I don't want to see anybody go down that path. And I mean, in respect to her story and her struggles, I don't want to see her go down that path. But, you know, we we get to hear like the real answer from her. And when it comes down to, are you entirely sober? Did you go back to using like, cause if so, that would be the point in time where you, you did it would be when you caught off your engagement. I mean, it was traumatic. So like, not that it would be okay, but you could kind of see how somebody would try to um, fill that void. I've really, really struggled with this I know I'm done with the stuff that's gonna kill me right but like I wish that I could get some relief maybe through like weed or something right and telling myself that um I can never have a drink or smoke marijuana like I feel like that's setting myself up for failure because I am such a black and white thinker. I had had it drilled into my head for so many years that one drink was equivalent to a crack pipe. Oh my God, to even just hear that and to have that thought in your head. And you know what? I understand. She had everything controlled to her and it at such a young age after her first like quote rehab slash 
intervention type thing. And people were basically telling her that like, if you have one drink, it's basically like this. And, you know, we're leaving like that's it. So she has some PTSD from that shit. And so I totally get it on why she her mindset was there. It's not a healthy mindset, but it's there because of the shit that she had gone through in the past. I mean, that's like saying like, oh, my God, I'm going to eat this donut and I better get my ass on the treadmill because I'm going to gain like 50 pounds overnight. Like what? That doesn't make any sense logically. Hold on. Wait, what? No, I'm not saying should she be drinking? No, I honestly in my whole thing, but we'll come to what I believe. And I mean, it's only going to be my opinion. Avi, everybody can choose to live their lives how they suit and how they see fit. But at the end, I'll give my whole like opinion on this. Let's continue, guys. I've been hesitant to share until now that I've been smoking weed and drinking in moderation after almost dying from the OD and after so many years of being the poster child of sobriety, I didn't want people to criticize me for that. And I also don't want people to hear that and think that they can just go out and try having a drink or smoking a joint. So guys, first off, I've, oh God, that was really close to the microphone. So guys, first off, I just want to say that recovery isn't a one size fits all solution. I've said that many times, especially in the last episode. And I want to reiterate that um, just because she can feel like she can tolerate a glass just because she can feel like she can have some of the joint or whatever the case is. Um, that isn't necessarily works well for anybody else. I don't think that that works at all. Um, or for some other people on what their thoughts are about moderation. I am not one for moderation recovery because ultimately you're going to end up dancing with the devil again. Um, it's only a matter of when and where and why and how. So I think that's something that everybody like, that's your own journey that you need to go on. Um, but when it comes to recovery, I, because it's just like therapy, therapy, like there's different methods of therapy and it's not a one size fits all. And sometimes things have to be custom. And at this point, she feels like this is the best route for herself. Do it for yourself. What Demi has continued to do is she continues to search uh, for what is her path, what does work for her. The ability for her to be able to share, hey, I'm going to try smoking weed. Okay, let's talk about that. I don't want to be completely abstinent. You know, I want to be able to see if I can have a drink. And I think that's 100% a good way to take it. Like, she's not keeping it from anybody. She's out in the open with it. You know, we just heard from her case manager and you know, he's like, you know, this is a different approach. And this is, hey, I think I'm going to try this. I'm going to try that. I am, you know, smoking a little joint. I'm having a small glass of wine, whatever the case may be. She's communicating it to the people that matter. So like us, the people, the public, it doesn't necessarily matter. She's doing it because she she's coming out to all of us with that because she knows if photos or videos, any kind of imagery gets out. It's going to be like, oh, my God, she's back on the white horse again or whatever the fuck it is like this. It isn't that I don't agree with it. But then again, one, I'm not her Two, I am not her case manager. And three, I'm not a professional on that. I mean, a professional in other ways, but I'm not that. And so <laughs> I just think that, yeah, no, it's 
I don't know. I mean, I'd have to do more research and really like look at statistics because you guys know how logical I am. But some of her friends don't seem to partake in this very well. I think she's exploring her boundaries with that now. It does kind of scare me now to know that she isn't sober. You know, I don't know if being dead sober would be the best thing for her, honestly. I don't know if it wouldn't, though. I think that that's not really my place. Um, moderation doesn't work. Sorry. If you drink, you're going to drink more. If you, you know, take a pill, you're going to take another one. You either do it or you don't. Demi knows the whole moderation thing is not something I truly agree with. So this is coming from people like, you know, um, her friend Michael, Ciara with the blue hair girl. Hey, what's going on? Um, and also Jordan, who, hey, girl, hey, I hope you're doing fine. Thank you for saving Demi. But, you know, she said, and it's 100%, like, it scares her to think that she's not entirely sober, in which I think it scares a lot of people. At the same time, it's not our lives, but we only want what's best and we don't know what is good for her like what's a good path for her because we're not her um I mean obviously you know what kind of a side I am on already when it comes to this I'm 1000% gonna agree with um Sir Elton John on this and that moderation doesn't work you know but I don't know everything I don't know everybody's story I don't know I don't know the statistics on where it has worked and where it hasn't worked and what settings and this and that. It's all about setting yourself up for success. And so I think that's really, really kind of telling. And maybe if with the right people around, I don't know. Time will only tell. But also Scooter, you know, he Scooter Brahm also says that he has learned with Demi in this addiction is if you try to control and tell her what to do, like it's just not going to happen. It's it's just not like you're forcing her in the opposite direction at that point and that's a lot of stubbornness but don't get me wrong because I'm one stubborn mule <laughs> Demi had told me a story in the past of like eight years straight she had gotten watermelon cakes for her birthday and it was always devastating because they were trying to keep her weight down when I would go on trips with her previously was an understanding okay we will eat when she eats but there will be no snacking outside of that this trip to Palm Springs we ate whatever we wanted whenever we wanted she had three birthday cakes which was a huge deal for her because previously we, she had just had watermelon cake Demi was like this is great we get to just enjoy food with each other and so we had this kind of aha moment where it's like this is okay we can have three birthday cakes because it is your birthday and we're celebrating it and I am 100% down for three birthday cakes. So if you know me, please make sure I get three birthday cakes this year. I want all the cakes. I want a strawberry cake I <laughs> with a cream cheese frosting. I want a spice cake with cream cheese frosting. And then I want a chocolate cake with a cream cheese frosting. I, guys, I think I like cream cheese. Anyway, and I want sprinkles on it. And I went one with dinosaurs on it. Okay, not the dinosaurs. Maybe some flamingos on the pink one because that would be totally cute. But anyway, if you're listening to this, guys, like write this down. Send me the cakes. Um, yeah, cakes on cakes on cakes. It's my decision. What I don't eat is my decision. What I do is my decision. And I'm really, really, really grateful of the team that I have today. Who are those people that you're referring to? Definitely Max. Scott and scooter obviously i just have so many incredible people in my life today you know knowing that she feels now that she's able to control everything from her eating to her life choices and decisions and you know feel like she has a strong team with her you know both of security and um you know her job being an artist being a singer that is 
1000% the best feeling in the world. And I could only imagine her feeling like she's very much so in control of her life right now. Even if she's doing the moderation thing, it's on her terms. You know what I mean? So, you know, in that, in that sense, you know, it's just such a great thing. And it kind of gets you hopeful for like, you know, the future and that, you know, that was the last time that was going to happen to her. And I mean, Hey, I pray for everybody, pray for Demi, um, you know, and I just really hope for positive outcomes in her life and her life choices and nothing but wealth, health and success. Isn't that what everybody wants? Isolation is the worst thing you can do. Ask for help. Asking for help was so hard for me because um, I thought I could do everything myself. The great thing about Demi is that she has opened up about her addictions and her problems and the stress and the, and the pressure of fame at such a young, early age. And um, a lot of people are afraid to open up about it. And I think once you open up about it, you get the monkey off your back and you come out in the open. It doesn't mean to say you're cured because you never will be. Addiction is a lifelong thing, but you can have the most fantastic life. I've been sober 30 years. I've had the most incredible things happen to me. And I'm hoping that she does too, because she's such a great girl. And I love what Elton John has to say, because asking for help is not the easiest thing. It's one of the hardest things that you can do. But having people that you can trust um, and you feel like you're able to open up to and that will listen to you is 100% key. Is it fun having to open up all this? But no, but you'll feel so much more freer once your story's out there and once people actually know and you don't have to get on a large scale like Demi. You don't have to get on a medium scale like I do. And I literally want to either share everything on this podcast that's going on with me. Or if you're on my Instagram or Facebook feeds, like you literally know everything I'm going through. And so I just think that's important you know sharing sharing with at least one person having a good support group and your life will begin to open up into something that you never even thought it would be because you just let go of like all this weight on your shoulders the weight in your chest like it really is uplifting and enlightening and I just feel like you know once you let go of it and say it out loud it not only becomes real into where you're going to feel the emotions, but it becomes, like I kept saying, freeing. You're free from the own shackles that life has put on you. Oh, my God. Guys, so wise right there. Some make a quote real quick. Get on Instagram right now. So here we learned about Vivitrol, which is something I didn't know about. And we're going to kind of hear a little bit about this from her case manager. Um, Demi actually briefly mentions, you know, the reason why or how she handles her depression is by turning to like her eating disorder or like the drugs and alcohol is to suppress those feelings to, you know, not be suicidal. And so she doesn't hold everything in and, you know, to take like that permanent step to where she's no longer here on earth. And I mean, even though those were unhealthy measures for her to take, it was very much so like she recognized it, you know, like I can do something way worse. And this is like it. This is the end. It's the finale. Well, what it does is it actually blocks the uh, opiate receptors. It will keep you from getting high. And that's a really interesting drug um, that I never knew about. And I think it's 100% positive. If you think you may need the shot, please consult with your doctor. But then the director asks a more serious question because they're like, well, you put all these precautions with your depression. You put all these precautions with your addictions now what about your bipolar disorder 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 oh my god guys I can't talk sometimes 
And so then we see a couple of news clips that pop up. Demi Lovato reveals her diagnosis of bipolar disorder, um, April 20th, 2011. And I remember when she came out with that and I was like, oh, wow, like that's crazy. That's a really interesting question because I've been told that they think I was misdiagnosed when I was 18. I came out to the public when I found out I was bipolar because I thought that it put a reasoning behind my actions. And then we you see another thing that says Demi Lovato punched back um, backing dancer. Demi Lovato reportedly left the Jonas Brothers tour after hitting a background dancer, Alex Welch, which, yes, that did happen. And we learned about that in the first episode. But also and then it's also in her um, other documentary, Simply Complicated, where she talked about it. And, you know, we learned she was drinking. She was on drugs. She was doing things she wasn't supposed to be doing. And to learn that the doctor's have misdiagnosed her it's always key to get a second opinion on anything I'm 100% an advocate of that and I want you guys to advocate for yourself no matter what you're going through I want you to always always get a second opinion yes we have to pay probably another copay of $25 $40 whatever yes but in the long run it's going to save you so much more money and mental your mental health will thank you for it like seriously and ultimately, you know, it was misdiagnosis and she realized it was just her being young and she needed to grow the fuck up. Like, in quote, her words, like, grow the fuck up. And we've all been there at some point where we're just like, damn, we really need to get our shit together. So now we're getting a sneak peek like at Debbie's life and her new home because she got a new home after she caught off her um, engagement. And it's really like her. It, it is her own home. She's never really had her own home and really decorated her own home. So, you know, her friend um, makes a Matthew makes a comment. It was like, your house is so queer. It's so gay, except for the kitchen. It's super straight. And I just love it because her house looks so much fun. And it's just so cute anyway. Yeah. So, I mean, we get to see how she's living life right now and how it's a new start. It's a fresh start. It just feels really good. And it encompasses, it <laughs> encompasses her personality more than anything else has it's glamorous it's fun it's colorful you have like a shroom room which isn't something you do drugs in but it's just like a really trippy room that has like a freaking giant cloud that changes colors in the middle of it and it just looks really really cool to chill in and she uses it to like for creative purposes to like let the juices flow and guys I kind of want her couches it's so cute they're like rainbow colored Oh my God, I, want, I need those couches. We're just oceans and waves. We're just one in the same. So don't let the sun say it. Now you're getting it. And we hear her back in the studio. And it's, you know, been said and it's obviously shown that she is truly happy and it's her space and she can be creative and just let her juices flow and she's present and you know, that's where she truly thrives is, you know, doing and pursuing music. So she's just been very, very happy to get back into it. She also goes on to say that, you know, this is something she's been waiting to get in and do in this album. Um, Dancing with the Devil, the Art of Starting Over is something that is really um, about her transition from like the overdose into this like new person she's coming into. It's not they're not worried about like the pop hits they're letting her tell the stories it's literally a body of work and let me just tell you in one of these clips she's wearing a selena shirt like 
hey girl she reckon she knows she knows like what's going on but <laughs> you know it's just she's making this album to represent what she went through and what she's going to and she's so glad that she's been able to have the time to make it perfect the way that she wants to it's going to be about where I am today and what I'm looking for and who I am. Me embracing my queer self, going for it fearlessly is where I'm at today and what I want my music to represent too. It's a different level of connection and I'm ready to go there with my fans. And we hear from her sisters, her family, her friends, and they're just like, Demi's being as honest as she's like ever been. Like, this is it. Like, if we thought anything before, like, throw that shit in the trash. Like, this is fucking real right now. And I think that's true too. I haven't honestly gotten through all of her songs yet in her latest album dancing with the devil the art of starting over but let me just tell you definitely i've related to some of them some of the songs that i did here and i highly recommend you like check it out because it is a body of work it is like really really good when she played me dancing the devil i was like you can't you're releasing this dancing with the devil is incredible although it's so painful to listen to and that is obviously the intro song to all of the episodes and her first single from it and if you actually listen to that song it tells you the story that we're hearing now and you know it tells the story of her of her struggles her overdose and what she's you know really become and how she's you know asking for forgiveness in her own like spirituality in her own way it it's really really beautiful I haven't relapsed in drugs and alcohol. That's something that I'm very proud of. I decided to drink and I made that decision to find balance and I've been doing awesome ever since. The one slip up that I ever had with those drugs again, the scariest thing to me was picking up heroin and realizing, wow, this, this isn't strong enough anymore because what I had done the night I overdosed was fentanyl like that is incredible to at least realize that like she tried heroin again she's not lying but then like to know that it wasn't even strong enough and how fucking terrifying that is because what you took was fentanyl and that can 1000% kill you. And it's amazing how she's awake now and living and telling us the story. It's scary. And, you know, she has to trust in herself and work with great people. And over time, you know, people are going to see like, hey, she's good. But you can't change anybody's mind if they already think she's a junkie because you're gonna be like, one's a junkie, always a junkie. And you know what? She's living for herself. She's doing this on her own. And so regardless of whatever my opinions are and what yours are and what anybody else's, it really doesn't matter because that's her life. You know, she's trying to make the best choices for herself now after overcoming one of the most terrifying and scariest and traumatic times of her life. And I mean, I think she's doing great. As I'm talking about this and as I'm healing and growing and working and doing all this stuff, it's it's just that developmental trauma that really sticks with you and kind of sticks with everyone and to the rest of their lives. And that's a part of why I'm 
chopping my hair off is because I want to be free of all of that. I want to be free of not only my developmental trauma, but the gender norms that were placed on me as a kid and the sexuality norms that were placed on me in my church. I feel like it, right now it just represents the femininity that I have always been too afraid to let go of. Bye! Guys, you all know, like, once you see a girl chop her hair off, you know, she's going through some shit or she's changing, something's transforming. And this is what's happening. Like, she's been through some shit and she's changing herself and letting go of, like, quote, the dead weight. Literally, I wish I can chop off all my hair, too. I just, I don't know if I can really do it. Guys, I need to put a poll up. Like, oh, my God, would I actually go through with it if I was going to chop my hair off? I mean, I've threatened my husband many times and said, you know what? I'm just going to cut my hair off. I don't care. And I mean, truth be told right now, I'm waiting for like this five year anniversary thing that we're doing. But needless to say, like, I would just love chopping my hair off. But I'm worried about my, my face shape. And oh, my God, excuse me, my Jenna's coming out. <laughs> but um, that's a whole nother story for another time on face shapes and why or why not I should cut my hair extremely short. <laughs> I'm not living my life for other people or their headlines or their Twitter comments. pray for her every night we talk every single morning and every single evening i hope to spend the rest of my life with her and i just have to trust in her where she is now i absolutely trust her but there's always going to be a part of me that's like all right <laughs> she can get away with murder i've had a lot of lives like my cat you know i'm on my ninth life and i don't know how many opportunities I have left. It's interesting. Life life ebbs and flows. Life is fluid and I'm fluid and that's all I know. I think if anyone were to say I've got this figured out I know what I'm doing. You don't know what you're doing. Is that a message? <laughs> that shit happens to me all the time. Thank you. At least you got it on camera. <laughs> yes. And guys, there you have it. She's not here living for anybody, any of us, any of y'all anybody on the social interwebs like she's living her life for her goddamn self and you know what do you honey do you boo boo like yes you deserve all that and more like and make your music because I love dancing to it and singing it like so much guys I really hope that you enjoyed this like review slash watch along whatever the I don't know what you want to call it but I had fun I enjoyed watching it and learning more about Demi and learning more about addiction and mental health and more about sexual abuse and voicing some of my opinions and thoughts and comments and concerns in which I hope you will share your questions, comments, concerns and anything down in our Instagram at uh, WTB pod in the link. We have a little section for comments, questions, concerns and we'll go ahead and address them here or I will go ahead and address them here or even more so on my Instagram so guys this was fun thank you for tuning in I look forward to hosting a very very special roundtable for you guys regarding women and people of color regarding mental health in today's society 
coming soon um, with some familiar and not so familiar voices. Mm-hmm. Anyway, guys, love y'all. Be safe. Mask up. Get your vaccines. It's fine. It's not a chip. I swear. Nobody wants to track you. We already have iPhones like they can do that now. And um, yeah, so bye.